What is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast right here on SB Nation. We are officially into the NFL offseason, and as I said last week, there's a ton to get into concerning the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this offseason, and we will start with that today in terms of looking at the franchise tag window. I am the Downey half of this dynamic duo. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. He is my co-host. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmart810. He is Lynn Martez. What's up, man? Not a whole lot. It's uh, quarterback shopping time in the NFL. Yeah, it definitely is. That hasn't even super picked up steam yet, even though. If why you want? Why you want delay, man? I said quarterback shopping time, and you paused like, like you didn't know like it's quarterback shopping time. I mean, is it an internet thing? I didn't think that I you spoke paused. on a delay. You pause, and anyone listening to this podcast will hear you pausing like you're in a delay. There's no you could delay. Just take, you could just you could just take it out. No, but... I'm not taking it out. No, I'm not taking it. Out. I'm not covering up your. Your mistakes. I've been doing that for the last six years. All right. <laughs> Dang, has it been? <laughs> I'm trying to think. 20, yeah, yeah 2016. Thank 26, you very much. 20, six, that's right. April, April 2016. 2016. Yeah. Oh, trust me, I'm about to, I've got my, my five-year wedding anniversary <laughs> next week, and then a month, six years of uh, of being thrown it in, thrown into the fire, literally, literally with this guy the day after the day after WrestleMania 32, and then ironically WrestleMania is back in Dallas this year. But that's right. Yeah, uh, so uh, so Lynn, why do you have to tie it into wrestling, dude? No one cares. I, I just remember that it was the day, I know, I know. and, and I was trying not to be spoiled from watching Raw, and you told me Zack Ryder lost the Intercontinental title. Whatever. I was anyway. like, come on, this guy. Again, tying, uh, <laughs> in wrestling to, tying in wrestling to the first day we actually met. Go ahead, go. Of course. Okay, so uh, remember, check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis. Got a ton of stuff up there previewing the offseason from our great team of writers. And follow Bucks Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore Nation. Lynn, uh, the quarterback shopping is going to pick up steam as we roll through this offseason, but today I wanted to talk about something that can be done right now, and that is in terms of the franchise tag. We are in the window where teams can place the franchise tag on a player. That was obviously uh, a big thing for the Bucks last year with as many free agents as they had, and it certainly seems like it could be a thing last this year. Last year, we circled three guys that the Bucks could possibly put the franchise tag on, and to be honest, I think it's kind of a similar situation this year. Now, I'm not expecting them to put the franchise tag on Chris Godwin back-to-back years, but I guess it's a possibility But then you can talk about guys like Carlton Davis, like a Ryan Jensen, maybe even a Jordan Whitehead or an Alex Kappa as well. Lynn, just what's your take on this whole franchise tag situation for the Bucs? Do you expect them to use it? And if they do, which of those guys that are the top free agents for this team do you think is most likely that they use it on? I do expect them to use it. It's going to surprise you. I don't think they're going to use it on Chris Godwin. It's a lot of cash, dude, to be to be no, especially to. back-to-back years. Yes, sir. So you either you either solve the the Godwin 
I guess, free agency with the contract, or you let him walk. And that might scare some people with me saying that, but that's the reality. But I will tell you, even with all the people that you mentioned, <laughs> you can put the quarterback shopping on the back burner all you want. That's priority number one. Figuring out who's taking snaps for 2022. But do you think it's going to be, do you think it's going to be figured out? The quarterback situation is going to be figured out before this happens? Because that would, I believe the deadline to, it's pretty close here. I want to say March 8th is the deadline for franchise tag or something like that. So, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too sure as far as uh, they're going to figure out the quarterback situation that quickly Aaron Rodgers putting stuff out there and supposedly that situation is going to be resolved quickly and the Packers have multiple deals on the table according to Diana Rossini of ESPN but I don't as we've talked about before I don't think that the Bucks are going to be one of those teams me personally I'm with you like I'm not surprised that you're saying that you don't think it's going to be Godwin and I don't necessarily think it's going to be Jensen because out of those guys I mentioned like you would love to have Ryan Jensen back but I think that he is probably the least disappointed you would see as far as as far as walking I think you need to keep that secondary intact which is which is why I think the most likely uh player on the franchise tag in 2022 for the Bucks is Carlton Davis because I think he would command a higher price tag for a long-term deal than a Jordan Whitehead. And I don't think that you're going to give a franchise tag to a guy like Kappa, who you could possibly even look for an upgrade for, whether that's in the draft or on the free agent market. I think that Carlton Davis is the most likely out of those guys to be franchised. And to be quite honest with you, I think out of the Bucks free agents, he might be the most important one to even bring back for the 2022 season. I was going to tell you that I think he's probably the most likeliest to get, to get a deal done. And that's because of the age and because he is a priority to bring back because of the youth throughout the whole secondary and not having, and not having a, a true lockdown corner, whether or not this defense actually needs one or not. That's a whole nother subject. I did say I expect him to use the franchise tag. You say not on Jensen. I'm kind of leaning towards him being the most likeliest of the people that would get it. And I say that because if you use the tag on him, you, you just, you could just sign him to whatever the market is for that franchise tag for a center. And you're buying yourself time with a guy who's been in the league as long as he's been. I, I'm Ryan's probably in his in his uh mid to low 30s. And because of that, you don't want to give him any more than a couple of years in regards to a contract concern. So for me, for me, the fr- franchise tags and out when it comes to dealing with Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen, 30 years old. He'll turn 31 in May. And you're able to, again, you're able to buy yourself another year with an all-pro center, and you're able to 
keep that offensive line at least probably the most important piece that could actually walk away, even with Kappa potentially leaving. But Jensen's the guy for this year when it comes to that offensive line and having him come back for 2022. No matter who's taking snaps on Sundays, you want to have you want to have that that's you know that solid offensive line in front of him. As far as Davis is concerned, I think he's the most likely to get an extent to, to, to sign a deal. I mean, you could you can throw out all the other you can throw out all the other free agents, but when you talk about the priority as far as giving him that franchise tag, he's probably the guy that's likely to get a deal done because again, because of his age, he's he's only been in the league what for four years now, and because of that, and because of that, you want to lock him up. You want to lock him up, and in addition to that, um. There aren't a whole lot of cornerbacks that you can just pluck out of the air to be your number one. Again, you may not think he's a number one, and I'm not, I mean, uh, a lot. I personally do. No, 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 no. I'm, when I say you, I mean, one may mm-hmm. not think he's a lockdown corner, okay? But he's still your number one. Yeah, go Most, back to college. Remember your professor's telling you in paper to use one instead of Yeah, two. one instead of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You talking to me? No, not you. I mean, one. May not think he's a lockdown corner, but again, number one corners don't grow on trees. And it took this team a whole long time <laughs> to find their number one. I mean, they had number ones, but true number ones where you could say, okay, this guy's legit. Hey, Brent Grimes. He's not any of those guys that play with Brent Grimes. He's better than those guys. That's why. That's the guy that's probably likely to get an extended deal throughout this free agency. Now let's look at let's look at some of the other ones. Kind of circle in on them a little bit. Godwin, do you think that they get a deal done, or how likely do you think Chris Godwin's return to Tampa Bay is in 2022, and how much does uh, the injury play into it? I don't think it's likely, and that's only because. It's going to probably take a, a lot of money to, to to get him signed. And he's proven himself over the last couple of years. You can talk about the injury. Injuries happen. Mm-hmm. But he's proven himself over the last couple of years of how valuable he is in regards to the, the numbers he put up, where he can play. I mean, we watched a guy, and I'm not saying he is – 1A to this guy, but he could be a poor man to this guy. And I'm talking about Debo, Debo Samuel. I'm with De- you. I see the Debo, comparison. Debo is certainly more a, of a running, running back than Chris is, but you could run Chris in the right offense. Those wide receiver sweeps that we saw Cooper Cup get a first down on, if Chris gets in the right offense, he could run that. We watch him block in the middle of the line, come off of the slot, jump in the middle of the line, and be a lead blocker for a halfback. He's that versatile, being in the right system. And, and I mean, you can, I'm not saying he wasn't in, in the right one being here in Tampa Bay, but other offenses do different things and use their wide receivers differently and with that again 
there's a value that you might not think this, one may not think this, but I think that he hasn't even touched some of the talents he has in his skill set just yet if he gets in the right offense. What sucks is the fact that I'm thinking he's going to leave, and I could be dead wrong, but you may see his skill set <laughs> somewhere else. And again, you may see him doing things that he didn't do in Tampa Bay. Well, and I think that that kind of changes the quarterback situation a little bit. I mean, obviously, the world knows how I feel about Mike Evans, but without Chris Godwin, without that, you know, number two receiver who could all, who could be a number one on a lot of teams in the NFL, your offense looks looks pretty different, and it is it's still an attractive opening as far as teams that are looking for a quarterback, but it does, you know, loosen that luster a little bit uh, as far as the Bucks looking for a quarterback situation. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. And I don't necessarily think he leaves, but I think there's going to be a huge market for him. And I think you can circle the teams that we almost even talked about last year as if he, if he wasn't going to get the franchise tag, the teams that might be interested in him talking about a uh, Indianapolis Colts team, a Cleveland Browns, maybe even a Miami Dolphins. There are going to be a lot of suitors for Chris Godwin's talents. These teams that don't have a true number one receiver or even a team that is looking for him in a similar role to what the Bucks use him with Mike Evans on the other side. It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out, not only for the quarterback situation, but then if you lose Chris, if you lose Chris Godwin, then I think that we're in a situation where we're almost talking about the Bucks looking at wide receiver as a position in the first round of the draft. So what happens? Have you, have you seen some of the mocks? I have. I saw and some uh, of the mocks have them taking a wide receiver number one. Yeah, I have seen that. So it's going to be very interesting to see to see how it all plays out. There are going to be, you know. They, there could be multiple spots that, that you circle on this. Uh, it's, I mean, if if you decide not to bring Kappa back, are you possibly looking at an interior offensive lineman? You do that in, anyway. Late in the first round. Well, maybe not maybe that, maybe not that early, mm-hmm. but you do that anyway because you're always looking for depth on your offensive line. Or do they go like okay? Let's let's start the let's start the Kappa conversation. Do you think that the Bucks are going to try and bring Kappa back? Do you think that they look to upgrade elsewhere, or do you think it's a situation where a guy that they drafted last year that they like uh, playing center slash guard and Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame was a draft pick last year? Do you think that's a guy that could step up? Because I mean, I mean the the uh, Jensen thing is going to be interesting too because. If Jensen leaves, then, you know, you're talking about Hainsey at center. So. Exactly. So yeah. that's, that's the first question you have to answer. It's, it's, it's Jensen before Kappa. You've got to solve the, you've got to solve the center situation. Or if you've decided that you've moved on and you want to play Hainsey at center, you want, you want to do that, then you're going to bring back Kappa. But the bottom line is you have to decide what you're going to do at center first before you talk about your guard position, because that's the most important, to me, again, that's the most important thing. That's the guy that's going to be, the guy that's going to be snapping the ball to your new quarterback in 2022. And if you decide to replace that guy who's snapping the ball to your new quarterback in 2022, 
it's a guy that you're replacing that's an all pro and has been outstanding the last two years. That's the first question you have to answer on your offensive line. Who's playing center? If you've gone, if you've gone to the point where you're going to resign Ryan Jensen or tag him, fine. Then you settle that and then you move on to the guard position and then you can feel comfortable with Kappa bringing him back or putting Hainsey there. But again, the most important thing is who's playing center. It's going to be very interesting too, not only the offensive line, but the defensive line as well. There are some guys that are locked in. We know Vita Vea is here, Joe Tryon Shoinka, who was just drafted. You've got Shaq Barrett under under contract, but then you got to start talking about guys like Sue and JPP and what you do there in terms of depth. How aggressive do you think that the Bucks are in making sure that those guys are back? Or do you look elsewhere? Do you possibly look towards seeing what you could bring in a Jadavian Clowney for? Or are the Bucks going to be satisfied with kind of what they have in uh, in putting Tryon Shoenka out there as the other starting outside linebacker. I think Clowney is such an interesting one. We can get into that more once free agency actually opens, but his versatility on the defensive line and his size and how he is against a run, that's one of the guys, especially if you don't bring those other uh, defensive linemen back, that I would have circled if I'm a Bucks fan as someone who I could think fit could fit really well in this defense. You're assuming that it's all up to the Bucks when it comes to those guys you mentioned being free agents, it's not all up to them. No, I don't think so. I'm just wondering how aggressive that the Bucks are going to be. Or it's not the point. Yeah, that's not the point. The point is, and Dominic Sue could decide to not play anymore. That's his decision. That's not the Bucks' decision. No matter yeah. how aggressive they want to be or not want to be, Sue's done enough in this league to where he can walk away. He's got an outside. He's got outside interest. As it is. You know, he only signed a, a one-year deal last year to come back and to try to, you know, get a, a second ring. And as far as Jason Pierre-Paul is concerned, I would assume mentally JPP wants to play, but physically does he want to, you know, play another season and, and have, unfortunately, what happened last year in 2021 where he gone pretty much every week of the season where he's not practicing on Wednesday, not practicing on Thursday, not practicing on Friday, going through the walkthrough on Saturday and playing on Sunday. And that's pretty much the routine uh, for 2021, for the majority of 2021. So you've got to, he's got a question. You got to question whether or not he wants to come back to actually play under those same, under that same realm, he it may not be exactly like that when it comes to the prep during the week, but it's tough, man. It, it's tough because once you once you get around to having those injuries creep up on you, it's hard not to have those things come back again. So it's not totally up to the Bucks to, about how aggressive they want to be in regards to chasing the free agents and bringing them back on the defensive line is concerned. It's about whether or not those guys want to go for 2022. You mentioned quarterback shopping at the start of this show. I mentioned it being a factor in 
a lot of these free agents, Godwin, Jensen, it, whoever the Bucks end up with at quarterback could be a deciding factor in a Sue and a JPP, whether they decide to come back if they, if they think that this team is ready to go after another ring next year, or do they possibly look elsewhere at a team they feel is more equipped to, to win a Super Bowl? Uh, to me, I don't see anything necessarily. I think the quarterback situation is in the is pretty much in the same place as it was when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago as far as going over the candidates that are... Oh, no, 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 no. That's not... Oh, no, 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 no. So tell me why you... Tell me why you... Why you believe we're in a different... We're in a different spot right now than we were a couple weeks ago. Oh, no. The the atmosphere says we're in a different spot. I don't think we're in a different spot. Okay. But the atmosphere says we're in a different spot. The football... Sphere says we're in a different spot. Okay. <laughs> and what, what I mean is <laughs> there's a man about 68 years old that sports a Kango on a regular <laughs> that says, oh, it would be cool with Blaine Gabbett being our quarterback for 2022. <laughs> you can't hear me rolling my eyes. Bruce. I, I am. Bruce. Uh, you know what? You, before you hit me with the age thing, there's a song by a group called ELO. I think it's Electric Light Orchestra. Group, big group, 70s. Anybody who's older than Trey Downey's Young Behind will uh, will know. Oh, we'll no. know ELO. The the band name I'm is I'm drawing. No, 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 you don't I'm know. Wait, you don't I'm know. waiting for I'm your dad for knows them. Your dad knows them. I'm sure. But anyway, when I say Bruce, the first thing I think of is DLO. And there is a song, or the lyrics say from ELO. Bruce, don't bring me down. Bruce, don't bring me down. <laughs> when Bruce Arians, that is, talks about playing Blaine Gabbard for 2022. Guess what he does? He brings me down. And I'm not buying it anyway. Again, I say that theoretically because of what Bruce said. Things have changed when it comes to the quarterback position from a couple of weeks ago since the last time we may have talked about it. But really... It hasn't changed because Bruce says, hey, we'll be okay with Blaine Gabbett. No, you won't be. And I know, and most folks know, all this is a ploy. (laughs) That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. You mentioned being married for five years. Well, you may have not did this. But I would have hoped you did. When you shot for a ring, knowing you, your lady probably picked it out. She probably did everything. Nope. But all me. All me. You know what? Says. I, I, I take that back then. I bow, I bow, I bow down to you and, and, and apologize. Something we you, talked about it. Obviously, something, you talk about things like that. Oh, yeah. You want to know, know what type she wants and all that. What's your favorite? I get that. I was, yeah. But all well, me as far as actually picking it out. Correct. And when you and when you actually said, you know, will you marry me? When you proposed and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? Respect. 
But again, I apologize. Something you might want to try more often. But anyway, my point of bringing up the ring thing is, <laughs> is the fact that there was a time, whether you shop for a ring, you shop for a car, you shop for a house, you're buying a house, you negotiate, all right? If I'm going shopping for a ring, done it once, probably won't do it again. But if I'm going shopping for a ring, when I did, you know what I did? I went to multiple jewelers to find out where I can get the best deal. That's what you do. You negotiate. Hey, I just left Kay's Jewelers, man. And uh, they said they had that same marquee with the baguettes on the side. Oh, one point four cat. Oh, they got the same one down in Litman's, man. Um, yeah, no. You, uh, what? <laughs> Charles Jewelers? They got it too. Yeah. Hey, what are you going to do? Five grand? Oh, no, I can get that for 45 at, <laughs> at Case Jewelers. Uh, let me know what you want to do. <laughs> let me, let me know what you want to do. Lynn's shopping for 1.4 carat rings. More power to you, man. <laughs> I went all out, man. I went all out. Ba baguettes on the side and everything, man. I went all I went all out. That's how I roll. That's how I roll. You know what I'm saying? But uh, again, it was a negotiating tactic that I took when I went shopping for the ring again. Mm -hmm. And every person goes through this. When you go shopping for a car, you're like, hey, I, I got another deal down the street. This guy offered this. You don't take the first deal. So again, this is Bruce throwing stuff out there to keep to keep it from just being simply we need a quarterback we need a quarterback we got to find a quarterback because whether it's through trade or through free agency he doesn't he doesn't want to get taken and i totally understand the fact that he may tell you blaine gabbitt is good enough to uh be your starting quarterback for 2022 but we all know bruce's time is 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 short when it comes to being a head coach in the NFL, whether next year is his last one, the year after his last one, whatever it is, we know it's coming soon. You think he wants to go out 2022, who's last year as a head coach, where Blaine Gabbard is the starting quarterback, a guy that's 30, uh, 13 and 35 and 48 career starts, and Bruce can talk about all that. He's had eight head coaches and eight offensive coordinators and eight years. That's cool, Bruce. We know better than that, man. This guy is a, a, a backup for a reason. <laughs> Bruce mentioned the games that he won. <laughs> oh, when I was in Arizona, you know, he he helped us beat the Jags and helped us beat the Titans. Man, that dude had three touchdowns and <laughs> uh, trying combined in those games. I'm trying to think of who else Bruce had as his backup quarterbacks in, in Arizona. The kid, uh, the kid from Ryan Michigan. Lindell, probably. Yeah, and then there was a there was a guy from Michigan who played at Michigan State who was there for a while. His name's escaping me, but yeah, Michigan I mean, State. I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, it's I I think that there's no chance that Blaine Gabbard is the starting quarterback. I still think that there is a I w I don't know if okay then Gabbard. There's a much higher chance that Kyle Trask is the starter. I think if you're in the if, I think if you're in that situation where it's one or the other, you know what Gabbert is, and you don't necessarily know what Trask is, you used a pretty high draft pick on him, and I think that the ceiling is much higher with a Kyle Trask, and I don't think that the ceiling is a Super Bowl 
with Blaine Gabbert. So, but I don't. I still don't think that either of those guys is the starting quarterback come opening day 2022 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You think Aaron Rodgers is the first uh, domino to fall as far as this quarterback carousel goes uh, this offseason? And if you do think that he's the first domino to fall, how quickly do you think things uh, start moving after uh, whatever Rodgers' decision is is done, whether he decides to stay with the Packers or if a deal is made? I don't think he controls the the – the carousel, so to speak, as far as the quarterbacks are concerned. I don't think he, he controls it. You want to know why? Because it's more than likely that he's going to stay in Green, Green Bay. We've already discussed this when it comes to him. We, we both think he's going back. And because of that, if you're in the NFL, we're outsiders. If you're in the NFL, and you're whether it's you're getting it from agents or you're getting it from the NFL teams front offices you're you're getting wind of the possibility of Aaron Rodgers going back to Green Bay how comfortable Green Bay thinks he's going to come back now again until he says I'm coming back Green Bay's certainly not going to automatically think he's coming back and that's why they're you know that you mentioned he mentioned shopping for big diamonds that's why Green Bay is throwing out all the things when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. All the roses, all the petal roses and everything and, and saying all the nice things about him when it comes to having him back for the 2022 season. But I still don't see him playing somewhere else. And because of that, and because other teams probably know that too, they if you're in the Aaron Rodgers market, you're probably getting enough of a whiff to know that he's probably going back to Green Bay. And because of that, there are other quarterbacks that control that carousel when it comes to what happens in, in the offseason in 2022. I'm going to throw a name at you that, that it's going to surprise you when I say this, but I say this because of his availability more than anything else. Jimmy G. That's the guy. That's the guy that Multiple teams are sniffing around because, again, because of his clear availability. Yeah, and I'm with you. He's definitely going to be traded this offseason. The thing with Jimmy G, to me, is I think a lot of the teams that would be in the market for a Jimmy G are also the same teams that are waiting to see what happens with a Rodgers, with a Wilson, with even a with even a Deshaun Watson. Not necessarily because but you... I, I'm going to say there's a there's a couple different markets because I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh is in a cap situation to bring in a to to bring in a uh, Rodgers or a Wilson. So I think Jimmy G to Pittsburgh is something that could happen first, and I think that, but I don't. I don't see the teams that are in the market for Wilson or Rodgers panicking and pulling the trigger on trying to make a Garoppolo trade happen because they think Pittsburgh's going to get him. Okay, I think that's fine. You're right about that. I'll agree with that. But here's the thing. There are teams that are not in the same situation, that are not in the same situation, that are pursuing Rodgers. 
but may not pursue may not pursue Jimmy G. Here's the thing. Jimmy G, you mentioned Pittsburgh. Jimmy G could come to Tampa Bay. Jimmy G, to me, is a guy that's more likely to end up on a team that is ready and has already made the playoffs last year, but just needs that quarterback. Heck, Jimmy G can go to Indianapolis. There are multiple teams that are moving on from quarterbacks that were either on a cusp of the playoffs or in the playoffs. New Orleans is a possibility for him, too. I mean, look. Again, there are two teams that won the playoffs last year that need quarterbacks this year because their quarterbacks retired. Big Ben and Tom Brady. Jimmy G steps into those places, and I'm not the biggest Jimmy G fan, but he's going to playoff-type football teams from a playoff football team. He's a quarterback for a playoff team. So – those teams that are playoff football teams are not in the market for Aaron Rodgers, are not in the market for Russell Wilson. Think about it. The Bucs are not in the market for Aaron Rodgers. The Steelers. The Wilson thing. The Wilson thing's debatable with the Bucs, though, based on reports we've seen. Okay, that is fine. But two things. One is there's a whole lot of money involved involved when it comes to getting Russ Wilson on your football team. That's number mm-hmm. one. Number two is what you got to give up. Yep. All right. And that's the thing when it comes to the idea of Russell Wilson playing in Tampa Bay, those two things. And they're huge. You can't just shrug them off. And think, I comp- no, I'm, I'm with you. Oh, you can think, okay, I want Russell Wilson on my football team. You got, there's a lot of things that are involved in that. And to me, I'm not necessarily going to say teams that trade for Russell Wilson or even Aaron Rodgers are desperate to have a quarterback, but you're certainly more willing to give a whole lot more up than, again, a guy that is already a a quarterback for a playoff team that took a team to a Super Bowl. I'm going to tell you the main reason why the Niners (laughs) did not beat the Rams is because of their quarterback. But I'm also going to tell you that if you're a team that just wants to plug a guy in for a year while Kyle Trask gets his thing together, Jimmy G's your guy. You talked about Rodgers and teams that are pursuing him. The only team that I have circled that I think is even a remote possibility outside of Green Bay is Denver. I think that that's the only team that is that really even might be super pursuing him. I I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can think of another team that you think would be in super pursuit of Denver. But I think that, I think for Aaron Rodgers to leave Green Bay, the situation has to be close enough to where he thinks that it would be possible to win a Super Bowl there within the next year or two. And Denver has some good young receivers. So that's the only one to me that I think that I think is even a remote possibility, especially because of who they just hired at head coach, what they have it, what they have at receiver. If it's not Green Bay, it's Denver. If you're asking me about Aaron Rodgers, what about San Francisco? I that one's. I just don't. I think that. I think them getting rid or them being so open to the Jimmy G thing is them going with Lance. That's, that's just, that's my opinion on the, on the situation. I mean, I guess 
if you're Green Bay, do you pretty much say that Lance has to be included in that trade? Because San Francisco, they don't have a ton of draft capital to give up. So that's why I'm not like, I think San Francisco's a a great or a realistic destination because they just gave up a bunch of first round picks. So what is, are you going to give up Lance in that, in that kind of trade? And what else would it even take for Green Bay to agree to that? That's why I think that, that's why I have circled in on Denver. I just don't think San Fran's realistic. I mean, if you're talking to them, like Green Bay, you're not going to take Jimmy G. Like to me, if you're Green Bay and you're talking to San Francisco, especially considering the lack of draft capital they have, you say that Lance has to be included in that deal. And I don't know how willing San Francisco is going to be to give him up. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) We can talk about the two teams involved, but if Aaron Rodgers lets it known to Green Bay he doesn't want to play for them in 2022. And he lets it be known that he wants to play for San Francisco. Then there's probably a way that those teams can work it out. How they work it out, I don't know. And I understand he's under contract. And people say, well, he's under contract. He can't, you know, he's, he's got to play for Green Bay. Trust me. If he goes to Green Bay, and tells the Packers, hey, look, you know what? It was fun. We had a nice little run. We got our one Super Bowl. I want to get another one before I retire. I don't think we can do it here or whatever it is. I want to play at home. I want to play in California. I want to, all those things. Whatever, however he wants to put it out there to the Packers and let them know. You can talk about him not having a, a, uh, a way to get there, so to speak, through true free agency. But if he asks, if he lets Green Bay know that he doesn't want to play for them, he wants to play for the Niners, and the Niners find out that they can have the reigning MVP, you don't think they'll find a way to work that out? You get to have Aaron Rodgers on that football team, with that team, with a team that I just said lost the NFC Championship game. Why? Because of quarterback play? And you got one of the best, if not the best, in the business, now that Tom retired, oh, dude, you find a way to work it out. And it could be Lance, it could be Jimmy, it could be Johnny, Tommy, Louie, it doesn't matter. You throw the names out there, you can throw all the names out there. It could be Montana, Steve Young, uh, Steve Bono, whomever you want to send back to Green Bay. You make it happen because San Francisco would be clearly their favorites to win the Super Bowl if they got Aaron Rodgers in their uniform. Clearly. Wow. Even over the uh, defending champs. Definitely. You dig all right. The defending champs who, who won how many playoff games? Four? And that three out of the four could have easily lost them? Yeah, okay. Definitely an interesting time in the NFL. Probably one of, if not the most uh interesting uh free agent quarterback free agent trade quarterback markets going into an off season uh this year so len i want to close with this just a, a different topic something that was interesting caught my eye in the news this past week is the return of another 
Spring Football League. And no, I'm not talking about the USFL that is returning this year. No, the AAF is not being resurrected from the dead. I'm talking about the news that the XFL, which was bought by The Rock, that they are returning in 2023 and they have a partnership with the NFL. And I believe the term used was they are going to be a petri dish for the NFL to try new innovations, new rules, things like that uh, going into the spring that they could possibly implement in their own league. We've seen these spring leagues pop up numerous ones over the past you know five years or so it's kind of been a resurgence of the spring football league none of them to too much success do you think that partnering with the nfl in this way is the best way for one of these spring leagues to you know find that market and actually succeed in today's day and age listen if you can attach yourself to the nfl it's a good thing and whether or not it's through the fact that the NFL is going to peek into your league and watch you do some of the things that they may want to bring into their league as far as rule changes or how things are done on Sundays or whatever they play their games in the XFL, that's a good thing. I mean, you're having the backing of the biggest and most important sport in North America, when you can say that and they're willing, again, to promote you and push, push your product, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Now, don't get it twisted, though. And I'm not saying you, but it's not a minor league deal. It's not like the XFL is going to be affiliated in that way when it comes to the NFL. It's a matter of, uh, hey, we like this rule change. You guys want to try something like this in the league and XFL could decide and be like, okay, yeah, look, we, we could certainly do something like that. Or have an existing rule in their league and the NFL could see it and be like, shoot, that's great. How's it working out for you? Working out good. Working out great. Or no, it sucks. Not good. I wouldn't do it in your league. That's basically what, what, what it is for, for the most part. But when it comes to the league that has its own network, guess what they're going to be doing on their own network? Pushing the XFL. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. Think about this. And I, and I heard this, and I kind of shook my head. I was thinking, like, are you kidding me? The Pro Bowl got higher ratings than the NBA All-Star game. The game that we, when I say we, I'm, I'm including you on this. Okay. The game that we, for the most part, might catch two or three plays of. Can't remember live. the last time I've watched the Pro Bowl. Live. Yep. <laughs> Can't remember. Live. I may watch a few highlights, two or three. Like I said, two or three plays. Yeah. But live? Nope. Yep. And guess what? It still outrates. It still outrates other sports. And that's because it's the granddaddy of them all. It ain't the Rose Bowl. It's the NFL. It's the monster that it is. A monster league that is backing the XFL. What do you think the ceiling is for a spring football league in today's media market? Like, what's the ceiling of 
popularity. To me, the one thing, the the only thing that I kind of have to go off of is what the intrigue and expectations and excitement were for the original XFL in the first couple of weeks before people tuned out of it. To me, I don't even know if anything can reach that, but that might be the closest to the to a ceiling as we can get. I think that there might be a place for it, but I don't think they'll ever be a competitor to the NFL. And I don't think that they're like, I'm not expecting uh, an XFL championship or a USFL championship to be pulling higher ratings than an NBA all-star game, or even approaching the ratings of the pro bowl. I think that maybe if you get the, the right players in there, I think it honestly has to be kind of gimmicky for it to have early success, but I I don't think that there's much of a high ceiling. Maybe something gets close to the intrigue of the original XFL, but I don't even think that's realistic. Okay. First off, the original XFL is missing one thing that this will have. And in all that you said, you didn't even mention it. <laughs> Dude, gambling. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. It's no, yeah, yeah. That's what is going to have people interested in the the XFL. Daily fantasy. I'm not. I'm not here to tell you that. I just. Oh, I'm not telling. I'm not telling you. All of a sudden, now guys who are in fantasy league season leagues are going to all of a sudden start. Oh, look, you know, let's have our XFL draft. No, 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 no. What you have is the ability to bet on games and also bet daily fantasy. You're a Ooh. true degenerate if you're betting on these games, man. Are you kidding me? You're kidding, right? Are, oh, dude. No, no, bet, no. I'm people bet I'm, on okay, so so wait a that's second. That's almost as bad as betting on early season college basketball. Oh, excuse me, Mr. NASCAR. Mr. NASCAR, do they not bet on NASCAR? That's different. NASCAR, different? NASCAR, you actually have a good gauge of who's going, of who could, of who could win. I don't. I know I, you I, don't. I know you don't. I'm saying that the okay. people that bet on it do. It is available to everyone. So if I am a gambler who chooses to gamble on the Daytona 500. I will gamble on the Daytona 500. Why? Because there's nothing else on and I have an interest now all of a sudden. So don't tell me I got to know about it. BS. It's on my TV. Guess what? The XFL is on my TV. So I may not know the starting quarterback when the game starts, but guess what I do? I know I'm after the fourth quarter. <laughs> but here, here's why I don't think that it will. it's going to super help that much because the XFL that tried to start up a couple of years ago tried the fantasy thing. The, Amer- the AAF tried the... Place, we're in a different place then. Dude. So do you think the USFL... Monthly, monthly dude, monthly. There are states, states yes. uh, added on to having the ability to sit at your house and pick games. Do you think, do you, so do you think that the, do you think that the, that there's a space for two of these leagues? Cause you got the USFL, 
with the Tampa Bay Bandits coming back this spring right now. Oh, I know. If you, if, is if you have the ability, okay, if I have the ability to sit at my house game day, whether it be they play the games on Saturday like the XFL did before they went away, mm-hmm. or if they play the games on Sunday like the NFL did, if I could sit at my house on a Saturday morning and get on FanDuel and pick my daily lineup, Dude, I'm watching. I'm watching. Because again, again, think about it. It's the spring. Okay? We'll be, first off, the league that's supposed to be playing in the spring is locked out currently. That's number one. That's going to help the USFL big this year. But besides that, the fact that, what are we bitching complaining about when it comes to baseball? It's too boring. There's too many strikeouts. All there is is home runs. There's no action. Okay, well, fine. Here's your action. The the XFL. That's really a complaint. There's too many strikeouts and oh, too many time. home runs. Big time. Yeah, of course it is. I guess I'm not a big enough baseball guy, but to me, that's those are like the that's exciting good. things about know. baseball. I'll, I'll just talk to you about NASCAR and wrestling and leave the big boy sports to me. All right. By the way, you would have made a pretty penny if you bet on Austin Sindrick to win the Daytona 500 last no week. No Okay, so just throw 25 it in, to one. Throw odds. the winner. Throw the winner out. And tell me we could have. Of course you would have. 25 to 1 odds. It was pretty that it's, trust me, I I I I am following the I, 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 I. You get mad at me when I promote other stuff, but I have a voice out there when it comes to NASCAR odds right now. Oh, so. okay. Well, Mr. Mr. Voice now. He's the voice of NASCAR now all of a sudden. What else you got? I work for the voice of what? NASCAR. That's literally what? our tagline. Emory, the voice of NASCAR. That's all. That's all. That's all I've got for this. For this what else week, you got, Dale Waltrip? What else you got? What, what else you got? <laughs> boogity, boogity, boogity. <laughs> But that's, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Downey and Martez. We're going to be inching closer to that franchise tag deadline when we talk to you next week. I was correct. The franchise tag deadline is March 8th. So in just a few weeks, that'll be the deadline for teams to put the tags on players. And as I said, that report came out from ESPN earlier today that the Aaron Rodgers saga is expected to end rather quickly in Green Bay. Until then. He is Len Martez. You can follow him on Twitter at Elmar810. I am Trey Downey. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And remember to check out BucksNation.com on a daily basis for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Until next week, this has been Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.